0: Lime Light fam, what's going on? Um, yep, we're dropping another uh, extra episode this week, which honestly, like, there's so many episodes on the back of my vlog uh, that I still have to edit. I might just start doing two a week just to get them uh, out um, because I don't want them to sit too long because I feel like then they would be irrelevant to what some of the artists are currently doing. Um, because I'm sure when it drops, they actually might be on tour, so I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, I've been just staying busy. So, I had to grab my friend Mike from Convictions um, to come on the podcast. Uh, we go into a, uh, a conversation with his personal experience with touring with Always Burns Red for like eight days. You know, there's a lot of musicians out there who I'm sure are like, you know, just they're worried about their career or whatever, and, you know, they network and this and that, and, um, you know, and, I, and, 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 things seem like they're not going too well but all in all um this could just fall right into your lap like it did for michael and i'm, I'm stoked for him. we uh we go over the all experience red stuff um we go over personally with convictions go over his love for movies that um he is so passionately um interested in and uh yeah i mean this is a pure example of a very talented musician who puts covers on the internet starting to get into tiktok now And really wants to um, take advantage of his situation, which was the tour with all his brothers. Red, Uh, Brent gave him a call. You know, whatever time in the morning, and uh, you know, he flew out there to uh, Texas. I won't tell you too much of the story, but I want you to hear him out and tell him and hear his experience because it's so fucking sick. So, um, Michael from Convictions. Uh, It's going to be coming up right now. And they did not release this recent album from uh, a record label. So we're going to play, and as it's playing right now as I'm talking, it's called The Price of Grace from their album that was released out in May. I Won't Survive. So let's get this interview started. Let's go.
1: ever get the chance to hear this, but just wanted to tell you that I love you one last time. I've never felt so alone. I don't know why you did it. Didn't you just say something? Why didn't you warn me? Can't even go back home because you're not there anymore. You're my brother. I wish I
0: anything for you. I miss you. What happened to brothers forever? You said we'd grow together. I'm reaching out to the heavens. Can you hear my voice? How can I live unknowing that this was your choice? I will carry Dude, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, On a serious note, man, like I cannot, I cannot express it anymore. But the fact that uh, you guys followed me early on on TikTok was the reason why I discovered you. So, I mean, it's working. And the content that you post is obviously top tier with the music videos they've been dropping for this album. So I- I'm just stoked that this was able to come full circle for sure.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Uh, I think it's really cool how like i guess both of us got connected through tiktok because this is kind of like the next frontier in social media and uh it seems to be really like working for us so i'm glad that we were able to link up through that
0: yeah i mean like you said too because josh uh off the record is running that account and uh what caught my attention really early on too was uh not only was the, the music good because you were dropping this album for 2021 um it was the fact that they said in the text. Uh, this is how the algorithm picks up our video, or something, and this is how we push oh. it. So, you know, we have to say this like, blow this song up and stuff. And he wasn't wrong because it reached out to so many people. It's like, that's so smart, just be blunt with it. <laughs> yeah, that was
1: definitely a funny learning curve because, uh, yeah, like uh, Josh, he's kind of the mastermind, and his numbers on his own personal accounts, I think, speak for itself. But, uh, yeah, like we were posting these really cringy tags. Like, uh, I think one of our biggest. Uh, videos on there it's like the header says this song is gonna change metal forever and i was like dude like you can't be posting that i'm like he's like no i know like it's super cringy but i think this will definitely get people engaged and boy was he right <laughs> yeah no he's not wrong i mean you know what it is
0: kind of like um now that like a lot of the alternative music scene and uh, uh it's been on tiktok for quite some time i've only been on for a year I feel like it's gonna start evol- evolving like like Fortnite did, like how everybody like had no idea how the game was to be played, and once everybody starts understanding the analytics like more and more in depth, like people are just gonna be like coming up with like really quick like uh, like skits or something because people even do skits, oh yeah, or something like that. Like the whole nine, that's a lot of work. I don't. I tell people like I'm creative, but like I don't know if I can just pull out a skit. Maybe I'll film a skit, but I won't be in the skit. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's like uh, routines and like there's a whole yeah there's a whole world to it and i'm maybe i'm a boomer or not computer literate like i mentioned earlier but like yeah i'm just really caught off guard and you got to get the hook one to three seconds and you got to keep you got to like keep them at the end wait till the end and you got to get engagement it's just it's really funny like it's kind of ridiculous because all we ultimately want to do is just play songs on a stage and you have to go through all these like leaps and bounds and hoops to be creative and interact with the audience it's Mm -hmm something i'm trying to catch up with
0: (laughs) that i mean like i said i did it it won't take you long like when we were dming it won't take you long it's just something that you need to learn and just get your more self get your more self involved with honestly like that was the big thing for me was like just discovering how am i going to accomplish this niche but the best thing about it too is like it kind of thrives the spotify numbers significantly and i've gotten dms for it like all the time through the mashups that i make like dude you Made us have like five hundred followers overnight. I'm like, that's cool. Like, that's my job. You know what I mean? But with convictions, um, I don't remember seeing your numbers prior to the TikTok posting, but I'm sure, uh, it has helped significantly. And um, this album, I won't survive. First of all, is an absolute banger, but it's not through In Vogue Records. So, um, was that was your contract up with the label to your prior two albums that you had with them? Or, like, how did that go about?
1: Um, Yeah, so we were originally slated for uh, a third record through In Vogue. uh, But we we did some negotiating and ended up buying out of our deal um, and decided to go uh, self-release for that that album.
0: Cool. Fuck yeah. Um, A lot of bands probably uh, might be doing the same thing around this time of uh, the music industry because... uh, a lot of a lot of bands are looking more towards distribution deals than they are with record labels. It's a fascinating shift.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely funny. Like coming from my era, which is like MySpace and like Same. Yeah. <laughs> a little older. Uh the whole idea of like getting signed to a label is like your big break and now like with like this new crop of bands and this whole industry shifting, like it seems like everyone's leaning towards like DIY and self-releasing and stuff, which even some of the bigger bands that like I follow they're they're doing the same. It's pretty, pretty wild.
0: Yeah. They're starting to catch
1: on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sure. I mean, do they really need to be on TikTok? That's the thing too. Like for, I mean, everybody knows who motionless and white is. Everybody knows who August Burns red is. Everybody knows who, uh, Pierce the veil is and they're, they're, they're posting on TikToks and such. And like, it's great. They're, they're being a part of the community and they're being involved too in the comments. Mm-hmm. Um, papa roach another big one simple plan but i mean hey like that's something that the community has brought together because it it brings people together with good content being pushed to your for you page like the one thing that the craziest thing last year that blew my mind because i've only been doing it for a year was that marshmallow commented on one of my TikToks. like that's fucking crazy the fact that i was able to get to his for you page and, yeah. and comment on it like it just you just never know you just never know or you have like anthony green dude like Uh, duetting vocals and stuff like that's one of the coolest things i've ever seen
1: yeah i um yeah i was seeing like fred durst like commenting on people that my for you page and i was like is that really him then like i was like holy cow that really is him yeah uh Uh,
0: fred let us tour with you you know what i mean oh my gosh
1: (laughs) (laughs) um kind of piggybacking off of what you were saying about like these larger acts um jumping on it's kind of interesting because there's a whole new generation uh, of, you know, these younger kids, like, getting on, and they have no idea who Bring Me the Horizon is and stuff like that. Because I remember their their song Throne. I think it was Throne or... No, uh... Um, shoot, I can't think of the song title. It's... that something can you...
0: from, Something from Set Paternal? That it, album?
1: Yeah, it, like, caught on, or there was a remix or something. And there's, like, all these, like, kids that look like they don't listen to metal. Like, kids' kids. Like, young... Mm-hmm young people yeah,
0: like teenagers not even like yeah and
1: they're 14. like yeah and it was just so trippy because they're like who's this band like we just discovered this band and there's this new band bring me the Rise, And i'm like boy you have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> like they i just... know
0: should we give you a one-on-one lesson of the whole you know <laughs> yeah so it's just kind <laughs> it's of just funny geography.
1: i think it's important to just, you know try and stay relevant and current
0: yeah it's just it reaches it definitely reaches and like to see the concrete numbers like come through and such it's like Oh, I think we're becoming a more of a DIY uh, situation of a music industry more so than have to being signed to a label. Which, like, there's nothing wrong with being signed to a label because, like, I mean, I'm signed to CI Records. Uh, we still have, you know, one more album to do on this contract out of Lancaster. Love Jeremy, love everything he's done for us. Um, but you know, people. There are good deals and there are bad deals. And most of the time, you know, you want the band to forward some kind of money, you know, put up some kind of money for marketing and this and that. And, you know, like that's like the whole, you know, group effort of like, you know, getting a whole team behind you and such. But like I said, sometimes there's plenty of examples where, um, bands, you know, let's say, let's say, um, I think, like, Killswitch is a good example. Like, they had a label years ago, and now they're off, and now they just do everything themselves, you know? Like, why do they need a label? <laughs> they could just DIY all the press, all the touring, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty wild.
0: And considering the fact that you have a tour coming up with uh, the I Won't Survive tour with Earth Groans, Bloodlines, X Wounds. Actually, my dude's from uh, Relics is opening up in Indiana for you guys. So well, that's pretty do cool. Do you know? Yeah, they're awesome people. That's awesome. Yeah, there's they're absolutely talented for an underground band. Like pretty fucking good for an underground band.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of really cool bands that have actually jumped on these support these uh for support on this tour and it's really cool. There's just like this whole underground scene and some nasty bands are jumping on. It's it's surprising me. I'm really excited.
0: Oh, I'm sure you like 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 <laughs> how many times you get hit up from these kids, like, hey man, we'd love to open up for your show.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a hey, it's humbling, and I'll you know I'm I'm all for it.
0: Yeah. Um, the crazy thing is too, like since you're not on a label, like, um, are you? It looks like you have a couple of companies you're still working for. I mean, these are definitely some of the other record companies. Uh, on this on this bill, with the other bands like with Solid State and Face Down, but is Dynamic your booking?
1: Who's booking yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're through Dynamic.
0: And how did you come to um, – how did you guys connect with that opportunity?
1: Um, so before Dynamic, we were with uh, APA, which is, like, one of the leading booking agency, entertainment agencies, like, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, our former agent, he, um, he pitched us to them when we uh, parted ways. So it, it was, like, a really smooth and natural transition.
0: <clears throat> what's it called um and it's, it's almost two months man that's a good run that's a good run starting in march 16th to april 10th um how you feel about getting back on the road uh with your band to do this
1: uh, i'm excited it's definitely going to be quite a quite an experience because it's been about two years since we played together um our last tour, uh, we were out with War of Ages, and we had to literally stop mid pandemic, or like right when the pandemic like sparked, and no one really knew how serious it was going to be. And we like tried to stick it out as long as we could until, obviously, you know, it, was, it wasn't appropriate to continue playing, and you know, we wanted to be safe. So, uh, yeah, we we jetted home, and it's been about two years. So I, I've only really been with the guys when we're in the studio or, or shooting videos. So it's it's going to be really ex- exciting and it's going to have to shake off some rust.
0: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, there's four of you, so I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty uh like you know good amount of a lineup. Um, I don't know if you guys hired uh, touring musicians to come on the road with you to perform, but it's you, Daniel, Josh, and Zach. Um, is Josh is uh Daniel the only one doing cleans when it comes to live performances or does anybody else like throw in some cleans like do you do you throw in cleans when you
1: do uh, no but jo- josh will be yeah josh will be okay for sure yeah he, he's picked up singing quite a bit that's like his his whole tiktok thing he's he's killing it
0: oh fuck yeah really i'm gonna have to follow him <laughs> i mean i already follow convictions on tiktok and you but i haven't seen his personal account yet
1: oh yeah he's doing it he's doing it big
0: <laughs> yeah and for people that um heard the intro to this podcast dude when I went back through your discography like Hope for the Broken I had the first thing I thought of was like Mike from Prada and I forget the guy's name but there's this dude from Dead Crown like there's very similar uh, vocal ranges that like you have um, with how you go about performing them dude but your ranges like you you have like a good mid low range but like you have different styles to it like, how do you – I know you know what I'm talking about. Like, how do you adapt to something like that? Because, like, you change it up every once in a while from song to song, like, I guess, depending on the emotion of your lyrics or, or something.
1: Yeah, like, that's always going to be, ideally, you know, what's comes first, the emotion and the lyrics and, you know, conveying that. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I spent a lot of time really, like, trying to hone in on my craft. And um, what's really exciting, too, like, as of, as of late um, – I, I was able to develop a whole new style um, and actually I was kind of forced into it, um, trying to adapt with um, my latest work I've done with August Burns Red. So like doing fry vocals and false chords uh, has been like trying to, trying to like hybrid them. I, I, you know, I, I don't know if like <laughs> a normal person can understand this like jar- this jargon, but basically I'm using like two different vocal styles and then trying to mix them together um seamlessly that's like been my whole my whole mo right now is like trying to perfect that um and, and i think i i think i pretty much got it down now i'm pretty happy with it um but yeah i don't know it's just like i get really bored i have a lot of add and i have a lot of different influences so i like to jump around a lot and experiment
0: yeah dude and instrumentally as well i mean you have i mean as a metalcore band uh there's so many influences that you can just just tell that pour into this like era dayseeker, wage ward prada like it's all over the place dude um when did you when did you finally realize it because like the band's not too too old i want to say like you guys like 2012 ish yeah i am nothing came out in 2012 so it's like did you know when when did you uh kind of realize uh with that moment that was like oh this band is like like we're legit like we can actually do this so you can make this a career
1: um so for i am nothing i'm actually not on that record uh they had a vocalist before me and i jumped in like right when he parted ways with the with the band um so i, I had already like known of convictions and uh, i was a little bit of a fan and i actually had seen them live and i just saw like something different in them and i loved like their message and what they stood for And when I got the call, uh, I I remember, like, we were driving through cornfields at night because, like, we're out in the boonies, like, way out in rural areas. Um, But, like, we're driving through cornfields, and I remember Josh is just kind of pouring out his, like, vision for the band and some of his, like, deep-rooted, tooth-and-nail, solid-state, historical bands, like, going into that. I was like, wow, like, yeah, this is... This is something I really like see myself in and I you know, I want to see it through. So I, I knew that right right then and there, like through those cornfields. I was like, Yeah, I think we're gonna go somewhere. This is exciting.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean dude, like the amount of talent and like one see that's why I love like finding bands like just through uh word of mouth or on the internet, however they pop up, is because that's just such a natural engagement. Like it's it's just very natural to like have that occurrence of like discovering new music and it's like that's how you usually get those hardcore fans like well what the fuck i've never heard this band before like let me check them out and then like usually like nine times out of ten they go through the whole discography because they get all excited and they fucking tell all their friends and shit and it's like you know we're not gonna gatekeep and like be like oh i knew them first but it's just nice to hear new and upcoming bands like when conviction has been around for so long it's like you know the staple that you're making into the scene is just very noticeable um and The the album that you released in May for 2021, I won't survive, is doing so well. I mean, like the whole album's on your top five, so (laughs) like of course you have to do a tour for it.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, It's definitely a big shift in like our sound and direction, and and that's still evolving, of course. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think working with our new producer and then just kind of as a band coming to this like make or break part in our like career. You know, like are we gonna continue on and if so then we really need to change um i think that was a big shift for us and i couldn't be happier
0: oh i don't blame you now that it's it's technically technically the industry is kind of opening up so we're doing our best to keep ourselves safe and secure and bye-bye protocols and just go out to shows and continue on with this in this industry because it's you know to put a hold on everything is like really hard for these bands such as yourself or other bands out there to not tour because that's you know the bread and butter of this industry it's like touring selling merch etc oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh it's, it's so rough um it's crazy dude like and the more i got into your band uh thank you to josh for posting good content um there is one song uh that really hit me which was the song that we played earlier in the intro um and it was you know it was about one of your friends unfortunately committing suicide correct and yeah, yeah yeah and it you let yourself get really vulnerable in those lyrics and i felt that shit dude like as soon as i heard the lyrics and as soon as i read them
1: it's basically my I'm the third party in a way for that song because I interviewed the living friend of the, the friend that passed away. So I know the, I knew these two guys very well. I still know my friend CJ, Um, but it was CJ's best friend that uh, had taken his life. So I interviewed CJ and asked him, you know, to walk me through his experience. So it was actually, I would, I'd like to give credit to CJ for being vulnerable and allowing me to kind of share that i don't know if that makes sense or if that's like
0: no I, it does I, no it does because yeah, i try to be like
1: humble about it because um uh, yeah it's basically sharing someone else's story and and uh letting their experience shine i guess is the goal there well yeah that's
0: what i mean like you, well you interviewed him and basically we're like hey man like is it is it is it okay? To, do I have permission to you know take this experience? Because obviously you felt something. Um, did you did you kind of relate it to yourself in a way when you did this? Like, is there like a specific person that you related to that you were like maybe you had in the past one day that almost happened?
1: Um, it's kind of tricky. Uh, so when. When I had gotten the news, so I, I had known Travis um, and CJ for at least five, six years now. Um, and these two guys, they'd come out to all our shows. Um, and, I, and I got very close with them, uh, particularly CJ. Um, and so like, I had done these tours, gotten really close to them. And then I, I had a break between tours and CJ called me and he had broken the news. And for me, that was my first experience to um losing somebody through suicide um i had i haven't experienced that luckily with my family or or you know close friends up until that moment so for me it was like this numbing shock that i experienced and i didn't really know how to handle it so my first thing was just get back out on the road and just start sharing a story and through that um you know it it it's, it's tricky. Like I didn't know how to. <laughs> I'm having a hard time explaining this. Like I, I know that this topic is so prevalent and and spoken out in the scene, especially in metalcore. Um, so like you can expect the reactions. You know, maybe like a soft applaud, and then it's like, okay, thank you for sharing. You know, but like, man, the amount of people that would come up to me and and share their stories and really pour out their experiences with suicide was, like, really heavy and really a lot more than I thought I was taking on. And so after experiencing that, I went back to CJ and I was like, can you just break it down, you know? Um, So I guess to answer your question, like, that was kind of, like, my big experience. Um, I've also had my own personal experiences with suicidal tendencies, and and I've written about that in the past. But through someone else's eyes, seeing, like, the ripple effect of what hurting yourself will do to the people you love, I thought was really profound. And and I wanted to share that.
0: Yeah. I mean that, that immediately hit me, man. And, um, it takes a lot of courage and strength to, to, to go out and sing with something like that and, and possibly relate to which in a sense you just said that you, you basically, you know, have a relationship with it. And, you know, I applaud you for that, man. Like, uh, I've never really had conversations with, you know, kids coming up after playing shows and sharing experiences like that and such. But I can only imagine, like, I, you know, you hear it through threads and this and that. And, like, it's it's just sad how, unfortunately, you know, the suicide situation is somewhat common in our daily lives. Um, you know, even with the pandemic happening and everything, it was, like, not easy to see those numbers on TV where like those rates are up and this and that. And, like, we all know the reasons why, you know, like losing jobs and losing family members. And it's just, it's hard. Um, yeah. but it takes a lot of strength, dude. Like that's really fucking awesome that you're able to, you know, speak for, you know, people who need to hear that. Cause music's a release, man. Like going to these shows and even the aggressive shit, the aggressive music, sometimes we're the nicest people.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's, I had to live on that. Like, that's my M.O. Uh, I think uh, I think music saves lives, and, I, and I've been fortunate enough to witness that. And, you know, like, whether it's somebody just saying something to get attention, which, I, you know, I doubt, and I, I don't ever really think that. But, right. You know, saying, like, oh, like, your song, you know, did this and that. Like, um, it's easy to brush that stuff off and be like, oh, like, you know, they're just trying to get attention, or it's just a post on Facebook or whatever, but, like, you don't know you know and like when you see someone face to face and they really share their their heart and their story like you can see it and you can feel it and you know it and i've had experiences with music too where it's transformed my life and pulled me out of dark situations and i mean i was thinking about that last night and i was like wow like some of my favorite songs and albums like i don't even really enjoy listening to but because they were with me through some of my lowest points i cherish them so much more so it's to me, like I, I do, I wholeheartedly believe music saves lives, and it's one of the biggest reasons why I pursue it in my life to play right. and share. Yeah. It.
0: No, I agree, dude. I mean, I this is why I do this. This is why I do this podcast. I mean, like, uh, here's a perfect example for me, man. Like, you know, pandemic happened. Boom, I lost my job. Guitar player lost his job. Had to like figure shit out. I figured it out. Started the podcast. Started talking. Started this and that um even though i would like watch these live streams on you know whatever these bands are showcasing it on like their website or some other third party website or whatever like i would buy it and i'm i'm watching i'm enjoying it but i'm like the the more of the reasons to support the band d- during these hard times more so than like like i enjoyed watching it yeah for sure but it's not the same as a live show like experience wise.
1: no not at all <laughs> um yeah it's 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 still something i'm trying to get used to like watching shows live and like trying to get or like you know virtually and trying to get that experience because there's just something different like i don't want to get all spiritual or like hocus pocusy but like i really think like there's a big atmosphere shift like when you really connect with uh you know a live act like for me i don't know it's just something shifts and you can feel it in the room and it's You know, it can be life changing. It can be memorable. It can be anything. But I have a hard time with that, just seeing it on a screen. But I'm open to it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not the same. And no, it's not being hocus hocus pocusy, man. It's just like, no, it's true. Like, for instance, like, my friend bought me a ticket to Neck Deep. Now, I think Neck Deep's a good pop punk band, but like, they're not, you know, I don't put them on the radio or I don't put them on my Spotify or whatever. And there are a couple other bands that are on that lineup. But there was one point, man, that. Like, and mind you, we're all fucking strangers in these rooms. And, like, the, you know, PA guy, the sound engineer, just started playing emo music. And everybody's screaming the lyrics to it, dude. And everybody's looking at each other and grabbing each other's shoulders and shaking each other. I'm like, this is what I'm talking about, man. Like, this is what we fucking need, this connection. Like, it's not the same, man. I can't look into a fucking screen and, like, I can't... I'm connecting with the, you know, I'm watching the performance and enjoying the music. And I can, you know, everybody takes into perspective of what they think about the music that other people are writing, but you're not surrounded by other people who are also joining it. And like, it is that shift of momentum where like, I think just psychologically, everybody's just on the same level at that point. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Amen to that. I agree. Um, Yeah. There's something about it and I live for it. (laughs) Like,
0: and when you're, you know, as a vocalist, right. You're performing like I, I, I don't believe convictions did a live stream, right? Because I did some searching.
1: Yeah, we we tried, but it, it was just like it just didn't line up for us. And then when we were like really ready to pull the trigger on it, was like when bands started playing live again. So we're like, crap.
0: <laughs> right? Like shit happens. But all in all, it's like so. I saw you. Um, I saw bands do that live and such. But, like, imagine, like, the difference between you screaming into a camera and you screaming into someone's face when they're all trying to, like, grab you and, like, relate, you know, and they're trying to be intimate. Like, a whole different story, man.
1: Yeah, it would be a big learning curve for sure. It's just, well, it's... I mean,
0: it's just like, how could you – it's just hard to feel something there. You know what I mean? Like,
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, th- I want to say, like, there's hope for it. Like, I – I, uh i'm a big lover of film like i i lose myself in movies it's my ba- that's my escape and uh and I, i've had a few like really pleasant encounters like i, I watched the new uh uh beatles uh the, I think oh, it's the, the Get
0: documentary Back. yeah from apple yeah I, really, yeah I really love
1: that or like um there's this band i really love called caspian and they they do a whole live thing and uh, a digital live thing and and I love it. So, I don't know. I think there's hope for it. If, I don't know. I just have to adapt. <laughs>
0: That's fucking sick. I know of a band that like takes... Uh, they're a local band from uh, New York, but they take uh, movies, movie names and they put it into their lyrics and they put it into the concept of music and such. Is that something you would probably do in the future if you're a big movie fanatic?
1: Man. I don't know. I, I think if I, if I could have my way like one day like as like an old man's retirement plan i'd love to make films i would be a dream come true be like directing <laughs> and writing
0: Fuck well, yeah that'd be awesome what what genre though like what genre is like your go-to is it Ooh. horror
1: thrillers thriller, horror, thriller <laughs>
0: yeah. shining um
1: that's like one of my top favorite movies yeah you already... dude
0: honestly one of the best of the
1: yeah big one that's awesome <laughs> dude that <laughs> whole
0: movie was insane. it's insane like
1: yeah i'm like passionate about that movie that's pretty creepy you got that right on the nose
0: <laughs> it's like well i think just the way how he portrayed being like psychotic throughout the entire scene uh or throughout the entire movie was just like you know johnny's here like it's just fucking dude it just when i first saw it, it blew me away and the whole red rum act like his murder backwards i don't know man it just like psychologically hit me differently this is fucking insane
1: Oh yeah, you know, I could I could talk ear off all night about this movie. Like, have you seen the uh the documentary? I think it's called Room 127.
0: Mm, no, I have not.
1: That's what it's called. Um basically there's this whole cult following of people that interpret the movie in different ways. Um, because Kubrick Stanley Kubrick, he's like he was like a literal genius. And everything that he ever did was like hyper intentional. And people really read into that. So they think like there's all these subplot meanings and, and uh, like some of the people, some people think that movie is his confession of faking the moon landing. Cause there's people that believe that he was hired to uh, fake the moon landing. Uh, Cause after space odyssey, 2001 was released, the you know, they, we landed on the moon after that movie came out. people think that he was hired. To it, And I think, like he can never publicly say that, like if that's really what happened. So he made the shining and, and he like leaves little clues in the movie. Like there's so many weird little things like you can put together if you're if you want to go crazy, but
0: Yeah. No, I, I love that just, shit.
1: Yeah, it's like <laughs> fun conspiracy stuff, but I don't know, where there's smoke there's fire. So I like to look at it that way
0: interesting i because i love i love the movie it's like i had a friend that like went through the da vinci code and i think there was a competition of like trying to debunk all this shit and like i don't think he ever got through it but it wasn't easy but if i can find all those little easter eggs i mean let me get my tin full and we can talk about this for the next hour dude because like you know what i mean like (laughs) i anything's possible dude i don't i don't think i don't think i don't think the moon landing was fake for sure but when you you have yeah but when you have an opposing side that like Give some like interesting, valid points. You're like, mm, like, it's not, maybe, you, you technically could be right, you know, but that's like, yeah, actually it's... a good concept to actually taking into consideration with all those little clues and shit. Just be like, <laughs> like, you know, he, it's not like he said it on his deathbed. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It's just like stuff like that, like with film or, or you know, my, like directors that I really love, like, it's just fun to d- dive into that stuff. Like, yeah, Kubrick's a big one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: so interesting. That was, like, one of the one movies that um, I really wanted to... I did that in a metalcore band years ago. We based it off of uh, a single off of that one. And we did another one, too, Nightmares, which was Scream. But I wasn't a really big fan of Scream. Like, it was okay. Like, yeah. I just didn't think, like, the... Um, I don't know, man. I, I just couldn't get it as a kid. I was like, oh, cool, spooky, scary, like, dude with a mask and a knife. Like, that was what like um, Myers was and such, like... um like, one of my go-tos, I mean, it's not really horror in a way, but Spawn in the 90s. Um, I don't know if you ever seen that movie, mm-hmm. but, dude, the graphics were insane. They were so ahead of their time. Like, that's the shit I feel yeah, like.
1: Yeah, big time. Yeah.
0: I just never really yeah, got into those cool. movies.
1: Yeah, that was a big one. Like, one of the earlier anti-heroes that were, like, well-represented, I think. That and, like, Blade.
0: Blade, oh, 100%. Hundred percent, because I like I didn't like clowns, but I could handle that clown. Like I couldn't handle Pennywise when I was a kid. Oh yeah. Considering my name is fucking George, so I don't think that's like <laughs> the best movie to watch when he's like talking to that kid's name with the red balloon, I'm like "Come here, Georgie." And I'm like, people will do that to me and fuck with me. I'm like, shut up, dude. Like, please, like, shit, freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Why, I don't even know why clowns still exist to this day. Like, they're not funny. They're just gross looking entertainment i don't understand that concept
1: yeah speaking of clowns on tiktok there was this whole like underground clown page and yeah, no like showed up on my for you and i was like oh this is a joke and then i was like this is not a joke at all <laughs> oh,
0: no now oh dude curiosity gonna kill the cat do you know what it's called
1: um i hope not i think i even like <laughs> I held, like, I pressed and held, like, not interested because once I found out it was real and, like, people were not joking about it and they're like, clowns only. Like, if you if you don't support the clown, like, we're, you're out of here. This isn't funny. Like, it's not meant to be oh satire. And I was like, ooh, I got to go.
0: <laughs> yeah, you said, I hope not. Yeah, I, I did clown talk and I found way too much I don't want to look at. So, that's okay. but There, there goes your algorithm. <laughs> yeah you know i just fucking fixed it that's the fucked up part like i'm like now i have to go back and fucking rearrange everything like clowns like oh (laughs) like it's still a thing like and that's the other two uh the other movie that i can handle with the clown is uh rob zombies movie without house of a thousand corpse um Uh, captain spaulding like that's fine like
1: that's yeah i i can't hear rob zombies movies Uh, i never got into them yeah, that like grind house, like white trash, Americano. Oh that,
0: yeah, dude, just gore. Uh, just gore trash.
1: But... Yeah, uh, not a fan.
0: Yeah, so no saw. Uh, uh
1: it's okay. Um That's probably like as far as like gore mutilation movies, like that's probably as like far as I want to go. Like it's not really for me. Yeah. But uh, I I can understand like an appreciation for it, but Yeah, it's not really my first choice.
0: Well, it's like, plus, after the fourth movie, it started getting a little, like, fucking um, watered down. But not not only that, dude, it's like, once you go back and watch those movies, which I I enjoy them, I'll watch them around Halloween time and shit. It's like, I'm thinking of ways, like, how they could get out of these fucking things. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a. There's a scene like, where this dude, there's a, there's a pit of needles, and there's a key in there. Right. right. And he pushes the girl in, and I'm like, why don't you just, like, make some fucking dumbass shoes, put them on, and then, like, go down there yeah. slowly? Why got you to be dramatic about this? What are we doing here?
1: I always think about that. Yeah, there's, like, that suspension of disbelief, and I, I always have trouble getting around it because I'm like, why don't they, like, just rip the boards off the ceiling or, you know, like, go out the wall or something? Like, <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't get it.
1: Is yeah that, like
0: not is, good does that kill the fun i don't know like
1: yeah it's just me like getting frustrated with those movies <laughs>
0: well it's not like I, I don't do that shit with star wars like i don't give a fuck i think the only time in star wars was when fucking princess leia was floating across the fucking space mm. i was like no 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 no. i was like this shit don't, doesn't happen what are we doing here
1: <laughs> oh no ryan johnson's star wars ruined it for me i was like i'm done i'm sorry like did you,
0: did you see the last jedi though and how dark yeah. it was of course, because yeah, you have to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm a big Star Wars nut, and um, yeah, that really ruined it for me. That was a nightmare.
0: <laughs> well, that's what I mean. It was like, what is, what are we doing here? What is she doing? Since when does she have Jedi? You know, they explain it later on. I'm like, no, dude, like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that really bummed me out. Uh, I really like the Force Awakens. I, I, re- like, I cried Great when I intro. saw that. <laughs>
0: Great intro, like, to a series.
1: Big fan of. And then just yeah i know. I, and the, know I
0: don't think they should have changed directors and like if you think about it like obviously like they're kind of piggybacking off of the older trilogies and like attack of the clones and um oh my god what was the fifth movie called with Hoth? Um, oh Empire strikes-, Empire strikes back yep so it's like those are epic like middle tier of like massive war and, like, you know, just mongering and, like, people beating the shit out of each other. And, like, they did that with Lord of the Rings, like, of Twin Two Towers. Like, I think it's just, like, a concept in, like, theater that's like, if you're doing a trilogy, the middle one's, like, all, like, you know. It's like making a fucking sandwich. Like, there's all your fucking beef, cheese, condiments, all that shit. <laughs> but with, you know, with that, with the eighth movie of Star Wars, it was, like, like, they're just running away. Like, I don't understand this concept. Like, I'm so confused.
1: Yeah, that... That ruined it. I remember having nightmares before The Force Awakens came out because, like, it's, like, so sacred, you know? You're, like, this has to be perfect. Like, I, people have waited 30 years for this or more, uh, you know, to see Star Wars come back. Well, besides, you know, the prequel series. But yeah. I remember having nightmares before it came out. I, I literally had a nightmare where I was, like, what if the movie broke the fourth wall and became self-aware? And, like, Luke Skywalker looks in the camera and he's, like, can you believe that? You know? And I was, like, okay. Oh. <laughs> I remember waking up in a cold sweat, and I was like, oh, and I called my buddy. I was like, dude, okay, it was just a nightmare. And, like, uh, it was like The Force Awakens came out, and I was like, this is amazing. I love it. And then The Last Jedi, uh, is it not the – Rise of
0: Skywalker was the the eighth one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Last Jedi came out and it was like all my nightmares like became real and i was just like uh, oh they're doing yo mama jokes and like like they killed luke for no- oh, I was in like the casino and
0: uh, oh the just, casino made no sense to you like what a waste of like 30 minutes for a side story to have nothing correlating with the movie in its yeah movie. that shit pissed me off that's like no. fucking, that's like sons of anarchy when they went to ireland like they didn't need that whole season i don't know if you ever watched that show that's a cool show but Ah, just a bunch of fucking biker drug dealing crazy (laughs) fuckers but it's like but yeah and then luke like does the brush off his shoulder i'm like no he wouldn't fucking do that dude wouldn't do that this is what we doing here Mm -hmm. star wars fans are very disappointed as we can tell between us two
1: (laughs) but uh boba fett episode five that's what
0: happened i heard so many good things you haven't watched it no i don't have disney plus Oh, I heard so many good things. I've watched three quarters of Mandalorian though. If that helped.
1: Oh, well, you didn't even finish Mandalorian. No. <laughs> Do you even like Star Wars? Like, what you I love doing? Star
0: Wars, dude. Like, oh. I love music oh. more than I love Star Wars.
1: Wow. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you got homework because, no.
0: <laughs> and I'll hit you back up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not really.
0: Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know, that, man. Like, I've I've been so fucking. Busy with my own shit, like and I get harassed all the time from friends dude Can you please just finish *Mandalorian*? But *Boba Fett* was fucking cool. You know what I was scared though, dude. I was I was so anxious to see *The Last Jedi*, um, seventh one, and or excuse me, the eighth one, and the amount of like bullshit Jar Jar Bank um, theories and Reddit were like really pissing me off. I was like, I he's a Stop, Sith man. Like this can't be. It's not it, dude. He's not a Sith Lord. It makes no <laughs> sense.
1: He's the Phantom Menace. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fucking hate it and even as a child though like not gonna lie like episode one was my favorite uh two and three have a strong first place for me um <clears throat> but darth maul was easily like the best sith lord i've ever fucking seen and seen it as a kid i think george lucas knew he's like i'm gonna make this generation fucking addicted to star <laughs> wars <laughs> so
1: it's funny like doing. the whole the generation divide because When I was little, like I, episode one, like you, like it was amazing. Like I was like, this is so sweet. And it still is. Um, But there's like this whole, there was like the longest time where like everyone was just taking the biggest crap on the prequels. and, And like, and now they're coming around. But I remember like me and all my like elementary, you know, all my like young kid friends, my peers, like we were all like, this is the sweetest Star Wars we've ever been given and they really need to go back and redo a new hope and empire return and jedi like they need to redo those because they don't hold up compared to the prequels with all the cgi and like now i look at it completely opposite like it's just funny
0: i mean you grow up and you're like you definitely appreciate those movies but it's like when you're a kid it's like oh this dude's got two fucking two-sided lightsaber there's so much battling going on and all that shit because like I mean Hoth was the only one that really had that prominent war scene, more so. I mean like especially I mean Endor was a big war scene, but I'm just saying in general for like the meat and beef of the whole oh, yeah. fucking trilogy, like Hoth was just one of the most epic battles. Even seeing that as a kid, oh. too. I wonder if those movies were PG. Yeah, no, no. I only remember if they were yeah, okay. PG-13.
1: I think they're they're able to scrape by on PG, I'm pretty sure back then. I know that the parental guidance like, standards changed, I think, after, like, the 80s.
0: There's, like, no blood. I think that was, like, the go-to.
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: Besides that fucking cave mammoth from Hoth. I think there was some blood in that, but that was about it. Oh, the one? Wa- <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they CGI'd that out or whatever. I can't remember, but... I, I think, think that was, like, the only scene that had blood.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um,
0: Fuck, man. Yeah, and, like, I and t- t- I think the craziest thing too is when I saw the end of the you know trilogy and Ryan announces she's a Skywalker, and then I saw an article later on in life that they were like, oh, she might not even come on um, another series if they were to make one. I was like, dude, what the fuck? This is a one <laughs> and done. Like now, what are we supposed to do? And now they're talking about going backwards to like the old Empire. So that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I mean,
0: me too. If they could make it fucking awesome,
1: <laughs> yeah. Now you gotta watch the. Uh, you gotta just watch Mandalorian and come back to me because it'll change your life.
0: <laughs> oh, Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I would definitely, I'll definitely do my homework for you.
1: Um,
0: besides the other homework that I did about your band, um, uh, yeah, man, this album was like absolutely fucking killer. Um, how did you feel about the release for it though, when you dropped it in May of twenty twenty one? Um, what, what, did you want to finally like? get it out to the world and, you know, share what you probably had kept in for a while because of the pandemic.
1: Yeah. So there was about a two year period, two year period while we were writing it. Uh, We had like finished like half of it and then we came back like a year later. Uh, So yeah, we were sitting on all that material for a really long time. Uh, And that was also our first time releasing a a self-release in like, I think it was like three or four years. So Mm -hmm um we were really curious to see like how that would you know how that would unfold and it was incredible and i think seeing all all the all the youtube reactors and stuff like there's this whole new shift of like how content is getting distributed through reaction videos and um you know all these people r- rating it and podcasts like this and stuff it was so cool because it was like really hands-on and it was really cool just to see it take off i, I was very happy with it
0: Yeah, I saw a professional. I'm not going to mention his name. I had a strong disagreement with him, but he said that like the reaction videos are really cringy. I'm like, dude, do you know what like this does for the community? Like if you have like one person, and the perfect example is Nick Nocturnal. That guy's got a great following. So if he's on Twitch and he's reacting to videos, you're probably having, I think his channel has like 300,000 subscribers. I can't remember, but it's like, dude, you're putting all of that people in front of the eyes and ears of the music that he's playing. So it's like, Of course, it's beneficial. Like, shit, it might be cringy because some a lot, maybe a lot of people fake it. It's not, it's not authentic. But like, dude, it doesn't matter. You're really, you know, exposing these bands.
1: We could spend like hundreds on like magazine space or you know headers and footers of you know some random website and reach not even a fraction of somebody like Nick Nocturnal or you know someone posting us on YouTube and reacting to it. So like, it's just it's like free press. And it's really endearing because we weren't able to play live shows then and just see people react to it. It was it almost felt like being at a show. It was really cool.
0: Oh yeah, seriously, dude. The the first video I saw of you guys was well, it wasn't the first video, but your first video on your TikTok is a reaction, and that dude's got a lot of engagement already on his YouTube and his, and his TikTok. Um, shout out to uh, what is this guy's name?
1: Is it Pastor Rob?
0: No, but that was a cool reaction. He actually did another reaction with him. And I think it's his son. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That was really cool too. Now there's another gentleman that you guys have. Um, it was the first video. I can't remember his name, but I'll uh, I'll post a tag above the both of us in the edit and just be like, "This is his name. Go check him out." Oh, okay. Because um, he does a lot of metal stuff. Yeah, head. yeah. It's like kind of like Nick nocturnal does. Um. But yeah, and the guy when he said that, like, and he, this dude recorded very very successful bands and stuff. I'm like, do I get it? You might be cringing and it might be authentic, but it just really helps the community out and like um you know, that's just like there's so many influencers now in the TikTok community. Like the, the whatever the genre is, that people are share sharing like my top ten favorite bands or this and that and it's like and like you know, when that watch time goes through it just gets pushed and pushed and pushed and people discover new music and Yeah, yeah. You know, have a favorite influencer, bada boom bada bing, there you go. People know your band. So
1: Yeah I'm all for it. So. I'm all
0: for it, yeah. Um oh reaction by here it is. Reaction by Orion Reacts. Oh like, Orion Reacts. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so now I want to make an edit. Um yeah. But yeah, dude, and like that was crazy too. And um right before we get into the next conversation and towards the end of the podcast, um you know TikTok just loves to throw me stuff on there uh <laughs> and the one recently that uh got to me was like which i was confused because i thought i was on the recent tour that they're on but it's not at the Leveler tour but um dude you got a phone call from brent and you went to fill in for jake uh on a run with august burns red what yeah how crazy is that <laughs> what? I- i'm excited for you man like that's such a fucking cool opportunity and like i i said this to a few musician friends of mine like dude you never know someone might go down with covid or something might happen where it's like an emergency and like you know you make friends in this industry and this and that and blah 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 and like they might need you forever how long and it's going to be beneficial when that time comes
1: yeah it yeah (laughs) it still hasn't really sunk in for me Um, It's not really something I see a lot with vocalists either. So it's something I never really thought would happen for me. Um, Because, you you know, you you hear about drummers and guitar players. It's like every other tour, it seems like there's, you know, someone helping out, but never for a front man. So that was, yeah, it was a dream come true.
0: Dude, like three o'clock in the morning at work, like Brent gives you a call, like, dude, can you come through?
1: Yeah, literally. (laughs) And And you are
0: like, yes. Like, what?
1: Yeah, I I dropped everything right then and there. Yeah. It was like a movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It sounds like one 12-hour drive.
1: Uh, Ish. No, uh, I had, so, uh, yeah, I'll give you the whole play-by-play. Or at least, like, try and keep it short. Um, Yeah, I was at work. uh, I was unloading packages from the back of a truck, and I went on my break, checked my phone, got the call, um, rushed home. I, I, like, literally, like, left work right then and there like no questions asked like basically I lost my job because of it Uh, (laughs) but uh rushed home packed my bags got another phone call saying like hey you need to be at the airport in like two hours so I had like one hour to pack and get a ride and then jumped on a plane it was like a four-hour flight to Dallas and I had a two-hour labor and then I think it was like a two-hour flight to Memphis meanwhile I'm just flying through all the lyrics, like just going over highlighting stuff. Oh my god, dude. Like never I never stopped listening to the music. And then uh caught an Uber, went straight to the venue very short meeting with the guys, and then I was right on stage. There was no <laughs> there was no prep. It was just and and that was all running off of like I think I had been awake for Like, close to 30 hours at that point. Jesus,
0: Mike. Oh, my God. Well, I'm sure your fucking adrenaline is just, like, like, going, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. It was, like, being in, I don't know, it was, like, shell shock. I couldn't really feel anything. It was obviously very excited, but it was just, like, your body kind of taking over for that once-in-a-lifetime moment. You know, you're, like, you always might, I don't know, like, if you ever wonder, like, what it would be like to have that, you know, like... Mm -hmm. You know, once in a lifetime opportunity, and there were moments like where I wanted to fall asleep, like while I was on the plane or in the car or whatever, and I would like kind of start dozing, and then like immediately I'd just be shocked with electricity, like no, like you, this is your moment, you know, like N- don't screw this up. <laughs> so like yeah, it was, it was a very numbing, uh, primal feeling. But um, yeah, it, it was all a success. I was really happy.
0: Oh, dude, absolutely! I'm so stoked for you, and I can only imagine uh, <laughs> how long it would take for Convictions and ABR to do a tour. So we'll see about that. Um, and then I'm gonna go into I'm gonna go into this real quick, dude. Like the experience alone just looks absolutely incredible, and I don't know if this was the first show. This was on this was four. Well, you posted this four days ago, but um running off that amount of sleep to have that energy to go through a show do is absolutely incredible on your part
1: man thank you uh yeah <laughs> okay so this this isn't the first night that we're, we're watching right here um i want to say that's i know it's a house of blues um it, it could be anaheim i'm not 100 percent sure i think yeah that that might be anaheim
0: and this was the leveler ten year anniversary, so they dropped it like a half step. So, um, were you able to kind of like improvise a little bit with your range because of that?
1: Um, so the first night that we did uh, was in Memphis, and that um, that was kind of like my practice show in a way, like. Obviously, like I put everything into that and sort of the band. But um, it was like a smaller venue. It was a I mean, for convictions, it's a massive venue. It was like 500. We had it was like a sold out 500, 600 cap room. And they're like, okay, this is your practice show. And then tomorrow we're going to the House of Blues, which is going to be like triple that. Um, So (laughs)
0: it was so crazy dude like it's so surreal like Like, i'm so
1: stoked yeah i
0: just could only imagine the experience like for real
1: yeah it was just kind of like just keep your i don't know just keep yourself together and i mean do your part like this is what um this is what you you're made for i guess you know if you really if you really got it then show it you know and that was kind of like my mindset was just like this is my shot i'm not going to i'm not gonna crack
0: (laughs) oh dude for real, like dude the amount of people there i wonder who's more swole you or jake
1: (laughs) oh i'm sure jake is (laughs) i've never met him though so i don't know (laughs)
0: i haven't i haven't seen uh jake in person in a while i think the last time i saw him was at launch conference back in i want to say 2017 2018 so it's been a minute since i've seen uh hit them play live but um yeah, and I hear so many good things about these fucking dudes and shit. And, like, in the comments, too, like, they were, like, trolling you. You're like, oh, we can't wait to bust your balls and all this shit. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it must have been cool just bonding with them, even on the downtime, just to hang out and just, like, you know, you know, get to know them a little bit more on a personal level behind closed doors and shit, which probably is just so cool.
1: Yeah, it was um, it was pretty surreal, honestly. Like, I've had posters of them on my wall, like as, like, when I was in high school um so like i've always been a big fan and uh yeah i don't know it's like the first time i met them was literally like some of them first time i met them was literally when i walked on stage so it was just like the craziest feeling and like shaking their hands they're like um they're like you know hey this you know i'm matt i'm you know so and so and i'm like oh i already know (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) to do a proper
0: introduction (laughs) i love them um you because i was watching your videos and well there's uh there's definitely a good amount of footage out there of you uh with your vocals and like the live shows and shit um it kind of like as i'm like listening to it, it kind of like reminded me of like how well your range is considering the fact that like jake is very very strict when it comes to his lyrics and or, or his uh his range but um it, it kind of reminded me of like like a marcus and adrian thing from north lane like definitely like on the same realm of vocally like of vocals but like definitely have different takes with uh what they do with their fries and all that such like it's just completely different so which yeah. it, it sounded so cool to hear for an abr like song and stuff but there were some points where you definitely like hit it perfectly like how jake was screamed too so i was like damn this dude's just fucking doing what he feels like is natural
1: <laughs> thank you uh, yeah, so, like, I guess, like, going back to that Memphis show, uh, so the set is 17 songs, so it's, like, a little over, I think it's, like, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we did the first show, and I treated it like a convictions show vocally, so I'm doing, I guess, like, more or less, like, false chords, so, like, lower, grittier stuff, and I hurt myself, like, pretty bad, because I'm not used to screaming that long. Uh, I kind of pushed myself pretty hard. So um, I had like one night to really like figure out, okay, how are we going to do this um, and be sustainable? So I switched over to fry, and then I would pepper in my like low, like more gritty stuff um, sparingly. And I think it actually paid off really well because I was able to sustain it. The reactions were really well. uh, And yeah, yeah, I guess you could say it was more of like that North lane architect's kind of direction Mm-hmm. um i think that was kind of like what i was leaning into doing those like really long high screams is very challenging so yeah i had to do it fry but um it's pretty cool <laughs> like being able to like do it at a professional level and and like have that feeling like oh wow i can really do this this is incredible and i yeah <laughs> i guess i am like capable of this this is great <laughs>
0: seriously <laughs> like like i said the adrenaline was probably just rushing through you every show and shit and
1: like Oh, yeah. There's some like, I couldn't feel my legs some of the shows.
0: That's not. It's, it's a weird thing. feeling. So much intimacy too with like the front of the barricade as well is also like pretty yeah. Really cool. Yeah, These that not uh, appreciate the fuck out of you. Like I didn't have a, I didn't have an idea that you were on this tour. Like I knew who Convictions was, but I had no idea you were on the Love Bowl tour for you know how many days was it? You said.
1: Uh, we ended up doing eight shows together. Eight shows,
0: it's a lot of shows.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty surreal. <laughs>
0: dude, look at these fucking pictures, man. I mean, they have a light show. Like, I thought We Came As Romans had a good light show, which they do. My God, dude, does August <laughs> Burns Red have a fucking light show? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, yeah incredible.
0: I'm glad you were able to, like, see properly. <laughs> during the fucking set. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just
1: yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah, it was nuts. There was a... Uh yeah it was just a lot of fun like the everything was just like so professional and high tier and playing um these venues that i've always dreamed of you know it's pretty wild like um okay yeah that's an old conviction show very similar um like house of blues and stuff like that it's always been a bucket list of mine and um yeah i really like having the opportunity to like take advantage of that like I. There's a lot of, like, old like metal documentaries I like to watch, and they're, uh, the singer of, like, Iron Maiden, he says, like, when you play shows this big to try and single out the person in the very back of the venue, and if they feel like they're connecting with you, then you're doing a good job. So, like, being able to do that was, like, such a cool feeling.
0: When they do prank wars on each other and stuff, like, is that one of the things that they do as a band, like, or are they just, like, laid-back, chill guys because um, they're kind of busting your balls in the comments <laughs> for Instagram. No. no, 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 no. They let me off really easy.
1: I I really didn't have to, uh, no, they were really good to me. (laughs) Um, yeah, I didn't really see really too many like goofy things going on. Like everybody was just like pretty much on their game and enjoying it. I think, um, but like, I think like the funniest thing I saw was, uh, on our off day, we we were having this dinner together and Matt, their drummer, He, uh, he went off to the bathroom and he had like a Salisbury steak Uh, and JB, their guitar player, he, he took one of the steaks and he just stuffed like it was like a Salisbury steak. So I like sauce, like all over it. He like stuffed it in his, he just put it in his hoodie pocket and like kept it in there for like, it must've been like three, four hours. And he took it all. Like we like stopped at like uh, a little sports bar on the way home from this restaurant. And then we like got all the way back to the bus. And then he took the Salisbury steak out and put it in his bunk, and I'm like, "You did all that just for the, like?" <laughs> it's just like so silly, and, like random. <laughs> I'm like, dude, your hoodie's like ruined, but like, yeah, I guess that's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm oh, not gonna forget like,
0: that. That is the goofiest shit, dude. I love how he also takes on the uh, the whole flip flop thing, like his 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 wardrobe, yeah. like his, how he takes on the flip flop role, like really well, metalcore, like. There were a couple of people on TikTok early on before they got on that were like, oh, how do you know he listens to Metalcore? And like you had an ABR breakdown, obviously, in the back, but they were wearing like shorts and um, a hoodie because it was like fall or winter when they posted it. And then it's like flip flops. It was like, they're coming for JB like real bad right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it was funny because we were talking about TikTok. Uh, we were on the bus and uh, Brent was like flicking through it or... I don't know. One of them were on their TikToks, and there was a August Burns red one that came up and they were talking about the flip-flops and like American Eagle polos that they used to wear back in the day. And, um, I was like, Oh, you got to stitch that. Like you got to react to that. And like, it never ended up happening, but it was just like, I felt like a little kid, like, Oh, like Fortnite, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I thought that was really funny. Um, there's something else I was going to add. Um, Oh, yeah, like, the flip-flops, like, it was. yeah, they're really there, and it was just really cool, like, being, like, behind the scenes with that, and, like, uh, they kept making fun of me, because I kept cutting all my shirts into tank tops like I'm wearing right now. Like, I'd get a brand new shirt, and I'd be like, who's got scissors? And they'd be like, are you really going to cut that? And I'm like, yeah, that's my look.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they were busting your balls a (laughs) bit. oh i love that for you um now now we get to look out for a convictions abr tour in the near future hopefully and we'll have like fucking you and jake just like fucking trade off you know like can only imagine can only imagine i'm sure you know (laughs) more than i do (laughs) so we'll We'll see see. (laughs) yeah exactly we'll see we'll see but um no i'm stoked for you man uh i want everybody to go check out the the latest album that you guys dropped i won't survive um that came out in may of 2021 uh absolutely incredible album congratulations on the release congratulations on this crazy experience that you had um i i can't wait to see what you guys are up to next